A very, very special episode 308 with the Vancouver Titans general manager and friend of the show. Broy, grandfather of statistical Overwatch, is here to teach us pretty about how the Vancouver Titans are just the best team in the world. That kind of hit deep, you know. I just turned thirty yesterday, man. Really? You can't just call me grandfather. Wait, do you guys? You're a day. Okay, you're a, now, you're a day old. You got younger it. than me. Yeah, I didn't know that. Joe, oh, happy birthday! You, okay, I, that's that was my spiel as well. So, okay, this is this is now the birthday birthday boy podcast because Joe also turned thirty. Like, oh. Yeah. End of July. Yeah, I, I didn't know yours was that. August first. No, we we talked about that like at some point a few years ago. I remember now. Ah, oh. you're like one day older than me. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's yeah, I forgot about it. Okay, huh. so, so well, this happy is... birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this is now a post thirty joint pain post podcast. It really is. Yeah. Do you feel any different, Roy? Nah. nah I, I, yeah. I, I went feel... on a one this morning. Everything's still working. I didn't break mm-hmm. down. Like you know. That's that's the beauty of running. Like as long as I I committed to keeping running as long uh, until the you know the the age of when Elliot Kipchoge stops. This man is probably I think he's two year, years ahead of me in in age if I'm not mistaken, and he's the best marathon runner in the world. As long as okay. he's going, I'm going. Because then I can Fair delude enough. myself into thinking I could still get there, and after that, it's all golf, baby. Like it's golf until until I get like buried. It's the only. Yeah, didn't you say life. your your brother in law is golfing now? Yep, yeah, it's making Man, a big, gonna be an big old play in Germany for some reason. Really, golf, all things, yeah. strange. Any such, old, such any an, old such boomer old, hobbies you're getting into? Yeah, yeah, such an old white man. <laughs> either either you're old and white or you're just like some some business jock you some know? affluent yeah yeah it's like yeah dude let me sell you these stocks let's go to- <laughs> let's just write this off as a business meeting you know yeah don't worry about it like i i was uh, introduced to golf because i don't know if like my youtube algorithm especially during the pandemic suggested me like these guys just like roasting people at the uh mm. You know, at the what's yeah, it yeah, hit yeah. off or whatever, and like I, I don't know what it just is, but try, they just try to break people during the swing, and it ver- works surprisingly often. Like they they also have a bunch of celebrities. One of the most hilarious fucking bits, <laughs> like it's funny. Yeah, that's basically like my introduction. This is why I have brainwashed myself into thinking golfing is cool. Okay, nice. Because there's some like hack comedians that will like beg people, yeah, as they try to swing. All right, very good. Well, what we're not gonna do is we're not gonna break down uh, how maybe how the Vancouver Titans landed one of the sleeper picks uh, in the in the off season roster shovel. What we're not gonna do is we're not gonna you know talk about how the Vancouver Titans are gonna be practicing in, for their upcoming playoff race where they could be going six and zero. We'll have to see. What we're not gonna do is we're not gonna talk about how Activision Blizzard are just the the peachiest best esports company in the entire universe. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong happening here at all. That's what we're not gonna do. What we're that's not what we're gonna do for episode three hundred eight. Um, in this this episode is. See, I'd like to say I'd like to continue with the bit, but I can't really do like the people, you know, dirty. 
So this episode is actually brought to you by Battle Crab, Refined Bean, Bronze Papu, Hal, Picasso, Lotion, Pork Chop, Sammy, Rexane, Volumel, and Sugar High. Um, and our YouTube members, Blave, Bliss, IMDRW, Brother, Adam L, Gel, Fire Element 6, and AK. I'd like to say that wasn't supported by you guys, but it definitely is. And it has been for a long time. So shout out to you guys. Two and a week. It's been very nice for me, I will say. <laughs> Very, very, very good for me. We haven't necessarily picked up a lot of the Lord bet for for some obvious reasons, but um, a huge week, you guys, coming off of a, a six and zero week three, kind of trouncing the the Justice and uh, a Gladiators that have not looked uh, competitive in a few weeks. Uh, kind of give me the the lay of the land right now. What it's uh, what's what's Titans HQ looking like? Yeah, honestly, uh, I think. Going into this week, everyone expected to beat both of these guys, uh, both of these teams. I, I thought that it was very possible and maybe even disappointing if we don't go 6-0. and zero, um, Just because we've been doing insanely well in practice ever since uh, we got Heesung on board. Mm. Um, losing against Toronto and Florida in the first week of uh, practice was kind of was kind of a letdown. I mean, Florida, Florida's Florida. Sure. Right? So uh, we had hopes for that match, but I, they're still Florida. But the Toronto match, yeah. That was one of them. Just, just uh, very winnable. Just yeah. choking a little bit, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, things things are looking good. We we feel the Summer Tracer matter right now. Mm-hmm. Love the monkey. <laughs> and anyone who doubted Punk at the start of the season, I cannot. You were wrong. A little bit, a little bit. Everything's kind of gelling together. I think, for yeah. me at least, I think that Toronto game, I was like, okay, this is like, you know, this is growing pains. This is like a new acquisition, you know, a little bit of a disconnect between uh, him and Punk, or maybe it was just an overall strategic thing to have like the DPS kind of like floating and doing their thing while Punk kind of like, you know, tanks aggro, if you will. Um, but yeah, like going back to that game in particular, um, in week one, the three two loss to Toronto. Um was that like kind of scary for you? Obviously coming off of like a big acquisition and he sang from the shock. Um uh, it, was that kind of concerning? Um maybe a little bit because we like I said, we we had very high hopes going into that. It was mm-hmm. the best week in practice we had. I think we tripled our wins against Atlanta and Scrims just mm-hmm. from that one week. Like I think before that week we won like we were like two and forty two or something against Atlanta <laughs> okay. over the season in scrims, like sure. in maps. And then that week we uh we did actually fairly well and we got like four map wins or something against them. So that's always a good like standard, you know. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Atlanta started the last out of every team to practice, so maybe it's like a little bit biased, but uh anyway, like we we felt pretty good. We uh, beat, I think, basically every other team in scrims as well. So uh, going into the match and kind of not delivering uh, was a little bit scary because then you're always you're always thinking about the team breaking down and like everything uh, exploding. But fortunately, like the the primary aspect we hired for this season was just um, personality. Mm. and not necessarily in-game skill and that showed like over and over again that like when we do lose or when we are down like one or two maps in in a game like 
the guys are resilient and they're coming back and we're not like washing them and like just exploding after like losing a single amount of control, you know? Mm. Which is rough, So right? is, is this a little bit of a jab towards maybe, you know, <laughs> uh, a certain flex support player that just kind of popped up recently? Last couple games. I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, I don't know. It seems kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Jessica, what were you going to say? Well, like, it's... You kind of also need that, just because, like, control is is a little bit... Like, you, you basically start series is pretty slow, just based on the map type, right? Yeah, control is definitely our worst map. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there's no, like... Uh, honestly... I would be so down for choosing map types and, and mm. playoff brackets, but like, it's not gonna happen. Control has always been the first map, and for some reason, yeah. we're just not good at it. Uh, we're just not good at control. Mm. Um, but we're pretty decent at everything else. And uh, I mean, if you look at our escort, we're eleven and two this season. Uh, we won against Florida twice on escort, like. Oh. I wish I wish that map was map one, but you know, <laughs> uh, like I said, we are resilient. So even if we're down a map, we can we can come back, and we win enough control maps that we still win matches. So that's good for us, I guess. And this was kind of something that we were kind of debating on uh, prior to the show about, or at least kind of asking you. But you know, obviously moving from you know being an assistant coach with Boston and kind of like working with teams in the past when you know you're you know in in and about Winston's lab um and moving to the Titans as the general manager can you have you like tried to help yourself not trying to get into the X's and O's of the game or is it just kind of like your nature to just be like all right like I gotta I gotta have a comment here I gotta like talk to ask off like is it are you still like helping out in some way in, in the coaching aspect of of the team the day-to-day -day? uh not really the, oh, okay. the coaching aspect not as much I'm okay. uh I when it came to putting the team together, yes, sure. I was okay. uh, I was having like a lot of input, and uh, we and me and Val worked together on this a lot. Uh, it wasn't just him; it wasn't just me. We just did this together. But mm. when it comes to coaching, it's all him because um, the the whole like the whole um, perspective we take on coaching this year is uh, very different from I think most of the teams where we just uh, or at least at least we execute it differently where mm. we're trying to uh, we're trying to get the players to be as autonomous as possible and we basically want to try to make our coach obsolete where like he's facilitating conversations a little bit and like talk about strategy a little bit but mainly um it's up for the players to do so and uh what what Ascoft mainly does this season is just to make sure uh, our team environment is like set up well and like the team the players all respect each other if there's criticism it's being done constructively uh everyone's open to hearing criticism like there's no mm. problem with calling people out and less so on the strategic side and the strategic side is more like the players figured out themselves because they're the ones actually playing and they probably know more about the game than like any of us. So sure. uh, that's the whole idea we uh, we had for going into this season. And it's been working pretty well for us. So, yeah. Say so. Gator's I'd say that... coaching. Yeah. Lip go kill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lenny, Lenny enough, find kill. 
Yeah, funny enough, it's uh, it's something that the that Atlanta embraces too, and um, I think it's it's very valid. I mean, they obviously have the best players like on basically sure. every position, so it's maybe a little bit easier. But even for a team like us, who you might go into the season and you're like, ah, oh, they're bottom mid, because that was the kind of um, perspective most people mm-hmm. had. Like even for us, it, it works. You just have to find people who are perceptible to that and who are able to do all that as well. I'm about to hit, uh, hand you a pile of mud, and it's up to you if you want to sling it. But do you feel like there is something to be said about you know Atlanta came back, uh, you know, pretty late back to scrims, and now they're also looking weaker. You kind of saw it in your scrims, maybe. Of course, like don't want to discredit like what how you improved, but. There's two parties playing that scrim as well, right? Yeah. Do you think there's yeah. an argument I, to them being a little bit too on a long leash? I suppose. I don't think so. I don't. Uh, I don't know what is uh, happening internally and in the games, but I think Atlanta is probably still the strongest team. I, I don't. I think them losing against uh, against Houston was something that was very unexpected. I think Houston just uh, played very well. Um, and honestly, if you play against Florida, anyone can lose against Florida because Florida is just playing weird shit everywhere <laughs> all the time. It's just Gunbert like trying his best to cheese the game out as much as possible, and he's just very good at it. And yeah, I mean, if you lose against them, unlucky. <laughs> it's just <laughs> no harm, no foul. You know, sometimes yeah, you just get Ryan honestly, on. You know, it is what yeah, it is. Honestly, like I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, it's anything that I would read too much into it. Like any game, mm-hmm. any game you play is like uh, there's always a chance you lose. Like there's always sure. the chance that like events happen and then you end up losing closely or not so closely. But I think Atlanta is still the strongest team in the league right now, even with uh, their two losses. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into them losing there. I think that them coming back late. Is fine. I think generally, like, if you scrim less, it doesn't like it doesn't even mean much. I feel like, like, for example, hey, your thing we, is, we, scrims don't matter, bro. I don't yeah, know what you're talking about with the the stock exchange, <laughs> but you, you hear this guy? He knows. But that's not what I'm saying. But like, uh, <laughs> like sometimes if your team is already your team knows how to play a meta, your team mm-hmm. knows how to play something, you don't necessarily have to scrim all the time. Like. For example, we went six and zero this week. We we scrimmed for three days. We we had two off days on Wednesday and Thursday. We didn't we didn't even scrim. Like it was because of extenuous circumstances. Sure, but uh, which we couldn't do anything about. But um, so generally we would have still scrimmed. But I'm just saying we we didn't scrim for two of the three days before our match, and we just still did well. We just still like destroyed the opposition. So. Mm. Uh, I, I think generally, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into Atlanta going a bit, uh, losing a few matches here and there. Dare, dare we approach the sandbag narrative? Is this like a playoff? You know, let's just coast a little bit. You know, let's prep for the I, I don't patch. think I don't think anyone intentionally loses or like, <laughs> sure, like yeah, of course, <laughs> like you know, or like tries to uh, tries to like be less good at any certain mm-hmm. point, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think they're gonna be fine. <laughs> no. I don't think they sandbagged or anything. Like you look that, at that, those names. You look at Fielder and Chio and 
you know, it's like, yeah, eh, yeah. I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I think they'll be all right. I mm. I think that if you come back later from scrims, it's okay. I think in in both circumstances at the start of the season and in the after mid-season break, we are one of the last teams to start scrimming. Ah, uh, okay. Like, definitely at the start of the season, I think we might have been last or like one of the last two or three. And when mid-season, after mid-season, we were, I think, the last team that started aside from the teams that went to Korea. Uh, yeah, so it's just... I don't know. And we are probably uh I mean right now we are at the middle of the at the at the top of the mid pack, so yeah. I, I don't I don't think it means much. Maybe it's even better if you don't scrim as much. I think it it does just not have the impact that people sometimes think it does. Do do you think you also get to like basically if you're coming in late then you get to scri- uh skip all the, you know, meta finding <laughs> Uh, periods where, like, especially at the start of the season, you know, where everyone's mm-hmm. sort of negotiating what the strongest comps are, and then if you come in week two, okay, you guys decided, okay, let's see if we can play this. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's uh, an aspect to that, but uh, I think this this season is pretty unique in that, like, a lot of teams played a lot of uh, at at least at the start of the year, and even now, I think at least uh, teams are playing a lot of unique compositions yeah. that are suited to them. So. Um, so, which is pretty nice to see. So, I think uh, it's not that big of a of a dodging the weird stuff because you still get the weird stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, these these last few weeks, definitely a lot more like returning back to like former identities. You know, a team like London out here playing yeah. playing Ryan on Gibraltar like absolute <laughs> madmen. It's it's pretty nice to see. It, it is super refreshing. I can't like. Maybe do you have any insights or do you have any like anecdotes from like you know the locker room and at at the Titans place where you know some of the players feel like they're you know they're they're a little bit more excited to get into the official games they're more excited to scrim that it isn't just like funky somber tracer mirrors six maps in a row three blocks a day seven days a week. Uh, I mean, I think we are pretty excited to play the monkey somber. Uh, okay. Okay. Try somewhere, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. But I think generally, like sometimes we have, we we have scrims and we know we're just gonna six all that scrim unless we sure. start trolling. So it's like, why are we even here? So it's just mm. the the guys are less excited to just practice <laughs> than to actually load into the game. Mm. But like sense. even like even our games, it's just like like the Washington game. It was just such a letdown for the guys. Yeah, like they, they were just like they, they were hoping for something, and it wasn't. Yeah, there. it was just not. It was just boring, man. Like, fuck. Imagine, <laughs> imagine being in that situation. You still have to. You still have to win, and you're playing against Bambas on Arno. It's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's a little, little, little odd, a little did, strange. Did, I'll say. Get a mentioned that they tried that in scrim. Did they? I, I assume you guys didn't. Didn't try anything that. I, uh, when they subbed in Benbest, um, Askoft said that he knows that Benbest plays more honor than Brick and Ranked or something. So we were ah. like, okay, he probably is on honor, but uh, we obviously didn't scrim against Washington before, and so we didn't ever see that. Mm. Do you think, um, from your point of view, it would have it been more salient to put you know Benbest on Tang and Mirror, given uh, his history on Anna? I, I think that might have been better, uh, just because. He's more flexible, I guess, but like, mm. 
like in either case, I think you're just throwing away the game. Like I don't know. I mean, I get the argument that I get the argument that you needed to change something, and there's nothing else to change. But like, I yeah, I I get that. But maybe you just didn't recruit the correct players if you're not resilient enough. Like it, mm. like the ping, sure, like it doesn't matter that much. Come on, like mm. I don't know. At least on no, main support, sense. probably right. Yeah, yeah, that could be feasible, but honestly, a little bit more particular, it feels like. You you did make mention that um, you guys were kind of late to getting back into scrims from the midseason break. Um, could you maybe extrapolate as to why that was? Was that like a he saying hang up? Like, no, why we were you just, guys... I just wanted to give the guys a break, so we oh, just okay. decided well, to like not hey. break. Nice and, little vacay. Um, yeah. All right. I decided to come back like I think uh, two weeks before our first match, and we were like, mm. "Oh, that should be that should be enough time." So he's glad. All right. When now, when it comes to he saying, how much do you feel comfortable kind of talking about? Because I know that that was you know process. Let's say uh, I, we can talk about it from start to finish if you want. All to, right. So. so we've got we've got a mid season. <laughs> we've got a player to fill, and we're on the market. Let's yeah, so uh, I, first of all, I don't know where the lethal thing came from. <laughs> like, okay. I, I I get that Turkey and Canada have the same colors, like on their flag, but like, <laughs> that's literally the only connection I I can see. I I haven't even talked like me and Askoft have never even mentioned his name. Okay. Um. So I don't. I'm sorry for the guy, but uh, I don't know where that came from. Mm. Um. But yeah, we had like we had two trialists uh first uh first of all where we gave each of them like a day to scrim with us and then uh one of those scrims was against shock and we were like hey this uh because everyone's playing on opr accounts like everyone has a number like sfs one two three four five right you know and we were like we were like so either they swapped accounts or like Heesung isn't playing um because he wasn't he wasn't in the lobby so uh but like, huh? That's <laughs> I guess weird. he he actually like the rumors might be true that like um they get probe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I reached out to Shock and was like, "Are you are you up to like um selling him?" And uh, and they were like, "Yeah, sure, we we can give it a go." So we had him we had him play I think one scrim log. Uh, First of all, because we only had a single scrim sure. block the next day, and he was he was so much better than our other trialists. Like it wasn't even close. Do you want to um, say what the other guy was? No, I don't want to. I, I don't want to like rip on them. But he he was. We had two other guys. We had. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say where they're from either. But <laughs> I mean, okay, you don't have to comment if either of those was uh, was one of the trialists. But like the obvious connection because of prior, uh, you know, team affiliation was Sika, right? Also Canadian uh, boy and whatnot. Yeah. Like, did did you ever reach out even like to get him into a scrim or something? Uh, no, we we never we never um, thought about Seeker. We well, we thought about him. We thought about him being an option, but um, mm-hmm. we never dwelt with him. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we had um, we had we, we had Hisan come in. I think it was a scrimlock against Florida, um, and he just 
did so much better than uh, the other guys we tried out. So uh, we were like, you know, like it's not necessarily a great fit. Like, like if you think about it, like two flex DPS and all sure. that, but like we would be insane in Tracer Summer Matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, going into that before we even tried him out, I was a bit like hesitant about this because I was like, ah, he can't be like that much better than our other Tracer trial and his English is literally non-existent. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, we tried with him and everything went really well. So we gave him another day and uh, we were like, trying to acquire him after that so it went really fast um when it comes to intention but then <laughs> get mad to actually like be signed and all that was a little bit more of a struggle where just uh, paperwork or what kind of hung it up oh man this was just the managerial nightmare of the century <laughs> like it okay it's just um it was literally the worst guy to acquire in terms of just work for me because the others, it would have been easy. You sign them, and then you sure. wait till they get a work permit, and then they come to Canada. But oh. him, um, because of legal issues, he couldn't play in the shock facility, or well, he couldn't live in the shock facility while mm-hmm. he was in the U.S. Um, so I had to get him a temporary residence. I get, I had to get him a temporary PC, and all of that within like five days or something Jesus. so he can play in the match <laughs> like um so you're calling up like best buy like trying to get him like some sort of like gaming yeah rig I, of I, some had, kind. I had a i had a rental company like deliver a pc to his temporary residence uh i had like oh a, i had an acquaintance literally have his parents take care of him and i i had to call him an uber and all of that and remember he doesn't speak like sure. English, like he's in fucking San Francisco. Like he doesn't speak any English. Uh, so I wow. was like, I'm always worried for the kid. He's 18 years old. He's worried about like stuff as well. I bet. So, um, but you know what? We got it all done. He he had a PC to play on. Uh, fortunately, we unfortunately lost the matches. Um, but uh, I I think maybe that was a part of it. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm. Um, but after that, like the a few days later, he was up, uh, he was able to come to Canada because Canadian visa laws are really nice compared to U.S. laws. Like it takes like a week for you to uh, basically get a get a work permit and all that. So yeah. um, now he's here and we we're still we're still dominating. So I think uh, we did everything right, honestly. And yeah, we've been having the best weeks in practice that we've ever had. So yeah, we'll see how what the next few weeks bring, but Exciting. very confident looking forward. Yeah. yeah. Do you just communicate through faith faith at the moment? Or <laughs> he's our translator, yeah. He's alive <laughs> translating <laughs> the gamer. He, yeah. he is our translator. It's it's true. The thing is that like uh the the fortunate thing is that in game he yeah. is on the least communicative wall, uh, which is very uh, nice. Because, like, if you think about it, hit scan um, or DPS in general doesn't t- have to talk as much as like right. a tank player or a support player. So it helps. And he his in-game English is all white. Like he can uh, he can communicate alts and uh, he can he can uh, yell at. Alpha Yi that he's his dead saver if he like tries to blink away and see <laughs> nine the point. Um, but like, 
Uh, but when it comes to out of game English, it's a it's a bit more worrying. But yeah, in game it's it's all right. Hmm. That's a that yeah that does sound like an absolute nightmare to kind of get through, and it, it sounds oh, like yeah, you guys I mean... kind of landed with it. And yeah, I mean, I think the the narrative around him from the shock situation was like, oh, like how good is he really going to be? And it you know, you guys are I... seeing such a huge leap in terms of like scrim you know quality yeah that, i don't you know. know i don't know why he didn't work with shock like mm. i don't know why it did why they didn't want him but he is such an obvious talent right. and i think he was the probably the second best player on the shock as well where you played for them so i don't know what the disconnect there was uh, i obviously have no insight in and them. Sure. maybe there's like some personality clashes or whatever i, I have no idea but uh i think we really struck gold on this one and uh, we're lucky to have him. Yeah. Looking like a, an absolute gem, obviously, you know. Closing out week three, six and zero. Obviously, you talked a little, uh, you gave some insight, let's say, uh, on the justice. Uh, do you have any, you know, read on what's going on with the shock? Obviously, I think a couple weeks back we had Gravy come on and he talked about how maybe the loss of Dante was a little bit more impactful. And now we're seeing, you know, Cal come in as a flex support, which is making yeah. everybody scratch their heads. So any any kind of uh, thoughts there? Uh, not really. I'm not sure. Um, I think I think it was weird for me that Dante, I don't know if Dante like left on his own. You you never know uh, sure, if sure. if he wanted to leave or if he got um, let go in mm. the end. I think if they let him go, I think that's what he said. Uh, that that would have been. I I don't know why they would do that. I think he was a decent uh, tank player this season, mm. uh, and I think he did pretty okay. So, um. If they yeah, if you if you wanted to leave on his own accord, then fine. But yeah, not sure, not sure what's going on. Obviously, uh, if you have mixed teams, you always have, um, you might always have a problem with uh, clashes between the Koreans sure. and the Westerners. So maybe that's happening. I don't really have any insight. All I can say is that almost everyone on the team really wanted to beat Glads because uh, they all have some kind of history with. Uh, their mm. coaching staff at the very least so it felt really really good to just hammer them out and down to whatever place they're in now do you, do you think there's some, any credence to like you said like uh, Canadian visas are pretty easy to acquire right yeah. so getting Marvel to playoffs would be rather easy right is there yeah. like a world where you just fly Marvel in before playoffs. You play play-ins from Canada, and then um, you have a, you know, you have a tank that plays main tanks. Everything has been Winston so far. Of course, the caveat to that strategy is we have no Gotta idea what the no, we have no oh, that idea too, yeah. what the what the patch will look like, and if Winston will even be meta uh, during that break, right, or during the update with your new hero, and then Flashpoint. I think literally the, the the economic situation of the league right now will not allow them to do that. Uh, eh, theoretically, what you mean? They just signed a new sponsor. They got like this drink sponsor, Doritos, right? They yeah, got Doritos. like Doritos. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I saw. I think it was Punk. You know, sipping on a little Doritos <laughs> and that that yeah, post match yeah. tweet that I saw. You know, in response to Hunter. You know, he's just you know, just let him know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think if they do that, maybe it helps a little bit. Um, 
it's always nicer to be in person, but even mm. even with ping, it is an issue, but it's not like it's not groundbreaking. I sure. think what they uh, what they really like right now is like the team environment to be set up correctly or something within the team. Team dynamics are not doing are not going well at all. And again, to like to the credit of of us, I think this is literally what we hired for. We mm. just looked for people who uh, fit into our ideal environment. And um, we started out the season and practiced really fucking poorly. Uh, maybe because we came in late, but um, after that, it just kept getting better and better. And I think that is a big part of that. So maybe the gladiators didn't look for that and maybe it's uh, haunting them now, you know. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a super hard uh, thing to to balance, right? It's also like maybe you're getting t told one thing from the tax, uh, sorry, sure. the tax from the from the immigration lawyer or whatever. Um, but yeah, like I, I, it does feel very weird, especially like with the with the pickup of the flex support now as well. Yeah, I don't know, like uh, not a lot seems to be going right, and I think like. They are currently in a non-play in qualifying spot, right? Is that right? Yeah, yes. bottom three yes. currently. Yeah, five and seven. They're eleventh right now, so that would be that would be out of play ins. So there's not even like a road to the playoffs for them right now. Yeah, they have to start fine. gathering some wins. Final enough, like uh, both the gladiators, uh, like the gladiators, like if you look at the four teams that are contending. Uh, to not get knocked out right now. It's New York, Toronto, Washington, and Gladiators. They're all five and seven. Mm -hmm. And all of these teams, like New York plays Gladiators twice and Defiant plays Justice twice in the next uh, few weeks. Uh. So it's actually like all of them can knock each other out, basically, which is, uh, or like one of the others, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. Here's here's where we get into the strength of schedule, uh, schedule zealotry, right? Let me <laughs> let me be the the uh, devil's advocate because yeah. I feel like you you know I I am a zealot for uh, competitive integrity usually, but then again, yeah, yeah you're German, we know, we get you know, it. <laughs> like uh, this shit is so dead. Might as well have some fun, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so like what sure. it seems like what we have done is we've we've filtered for parity in the teams that are being doubled up and that therefore produces the, the double uh knockout matches right like where we are probably going to have matches between teams where it's pretty relevant like that you know directly competing against the top seed or for the top yeah. seed directly competing for the play in qualification that's pretty nice, right? Like that—that's something that would look like a seeding bracket, I suppose. Like if if this was already in the tournament mode, it would be reasonably similar, right? Yeah, I um, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like—is <laughs> that just you, like a happy coincidence that it's kind of happened this way? I think it's just a coincidence. I think yeah. the that the leak has done everything so poorly this year uh when it comes to when it comes to the format that like i don't think there's any intention behind any of these things mm. what, what can, can you give some examples 
Well, first of all, obviously having a format where you play 16 matches is is just sad. Like, <laughs> it's honestly just sad. Like, the if you, you you obviously want competitive integrity and like one of the biggest things is to have an equal amount of matches between teams yeah. um this year we went back to two or three years ago where we had the same issue uh mm-hmm. where strength schedule dominates like what's happening in the um in the in the like qualifiers and brackets like the reason why uh we were in the lower bracket for mid-season was because we had the hardest strength of schedule out of any team. Um, if you gave us any of the teams above, uh, if you gave us the schedule of any of the teams above us, we we might have been fucking second place. Like, mm. God damn it. Uh, but even if we made like the top bracket, you don't know what happens. Like It would have still been hard to qualify, but you don't know what happens. You know, um, Obviously, we lose the first match against Shock, but yeah, you, you never know. Uh, we never know. So just that uh, that you even have an unequal schedule is uh, is kind of ridiculous. If you look at the format this year, um, teams that let me let me just see teams that don't qualify for anything from the start of the season um, till the end of the season. If you don't qualify for playoffs, or if you don't qualify for uh, the mid season. You will have you you will have played twelve weeks, like twelve weekends where you had matches, mm-hmm. and seventeen weekends where you did not have matches, and that is not even accounting for the like month or so that teams start practicing before the season even starts. Right. So like, <laughs> you have a you have a season that is twenty nine weeks long, and seventeen of these weeks you just don't do anything. Like, what kind of format is that? Like. Just tell me like one sport where this is happening. It's just ridiculous. Uh, and sure, I can I can see that there's like arguments that they needed to reduce cost and this is all they could do. And um, but still, it's just from a competitive standpoint, it's just such a joke. Uh, like even the even the poem. Like we had a poem that was three weeks long, where uh, the argument is that we needed a poem to be longer because the teams in the East, the contenders teams in the East have more exposure than teams in the West if we only do it for a single weekend. Um, But like who wants to, I I get that you want to give the contenders teams exposure, but just do it for one weekend, man. Like, sure. Yeah. Why do you need it to be three weeks? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't get it. Like sure that East teams get more exposure, but, it's unequal like everywhere anyway. So you choose to make the regular season unequal over making contenders schedules unequal uh, unequal. Like what what is that decision making? It's just it's just really poor decision making in terms of formatting this year, I think. Um and yeah, that that leads to uh that leads to the situation we have right now where four teams are playing for three spots um that mm-hmm. led to this the same with uh and by the way if Houston doesn't qualify it's fucking ridiculous again because their schedule is so much harder than Boston's and Florida's sure. uh they get to play Atlanta twice 
like that that is also such a joke like sean miller puts out a tweet that this season they it's like uh, apex the, you know because of the yeah no 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 not that like no, they, because um because of the unequalness and and strength of schedule they try to equalize it as much as possible then they come out with the with the new schedule and it is as uh, fucking unequal as possible they just go like like standing by standing and they're like oh you play this team you play this team and they're not like taking into account strength of schedule of yes. the first half yep. at all like at all yeah the unequalness of the schedule they came out with is fucking ridiculous and you're telling me that your biggest goal was to create an equal schedule man like if uh, either either uh, and by the way before the season started I told them I would, uh, because I knew what was happening. I told them I would give them an algorithm that would create the most equal schedule if they needed to. After midseason, I sent them another email, uh, well, not email. Uh, I think that time I reached out on Discord. I was like, I'll give you the algorithm. Just do it right. And they come out with the most unequal schedule. Like either um, you're just, you just don't give a shit and you're just not working hard on this or you or you, the the people behind this are just incompetent as shit like that's just that's just it look here's... like i i gave you all the chance to mm-hmm. I, like i i want to help i want this to be competitive but if you come out with a schedule that is like unequal like, like ah, i have i have no sympathy for that like i don't i don't i don't understand I think like my biggest thing is here. It feels like poorly optimized for both goals, right? It's poorly mm-hmm. optimized for competitive any- integrity anyway. And I'm as as we're just like dwindling in viewership numbers and the league is shitting the bed and the future of this esports product is in in question. I th- see how competitive integrity has to make way, but I also think the schedule then did not optimize very well for for entertainment either because precisely of what you said like you ranked teams based on the first strength of schedule you presume because of that standing that they are in the in in an approximated elo tier because of that but it it's it's not necessarily the case right like the first strength of schedule has skewed your your even if you went by elo so much that you by mirror or by trying to put people into brackets and doubling up the matches in their respective tier, you are actually creating less competitive matches by doing so. Had you had a more uh, fair yes. of schedule in the first half and then grouped teams based on those tiers, that would have optimized for the best uh, matches. Yeah, in the second I mean, you, you don't even like the first half, you can't do anything about because right. you don't know how strong teams are. But the second half, you, you definitely can play 12 can. games, and, right? Yeah, if your goal is to if your goal is to make it as equal as possible, then just do that. Like you know how many games we uh, we had between like Valiant is playing Vegas twice, I think London is playing Vegas twice or something like that. Yeah. Those, mm-hmm. Like no one wants to see those games. And if you had actually used like an algorithm that takes into account strength of schedule and not just standings, then we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this. Like it would just not happen. We would have uh, more games. Like Valiant would have played like Toronto or something another time, yeah. for example. And then that would definitely be more entertaining. Way closer. Seeing, yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe you could argue could that be. Valiant Vegas is entertaining, but uh, you know, everybody loves a good toilet bowl. Come on. 
it's just it's just yeah if Houston doesn't make if Houston doesn't make third place it's just gonna be such a it's so egregious it's honestly so egregious yeah. um there are so many ways that this could have like been avoided been, been avoided yeah arguably but... arguably actually the teams are super helping out blizzard here because they they have a perceived like power shift like london plays way better than they used to in the first half right yeah um, like if stuff like this doesn't happen the actual problem is like way how it, it's it's way worse you f- like you feel that it's way worse even valiant plays way better mm-hmm. now right like yeah. the the pr- actual problem in how the the average case goes based on first half is way worse this already looks way better than it has any right to be just based on team how teams improved right oh yeah i mean the the, the <laughs> It's just so sad that we even have to think about competitive integrity because, like, okay, you can have like a schedule where you only play sixty matches, right? It, you can you can have that, but uh, to to make that work and where it's like we we realize schedules aren't equal, and we realize uh, like teams are it's just unfair. But like, if you if you need to account for that, first of all, that shouldn't happen. But if you have that, then you can always have like a, a play in bracket where not like, like there's no direct qualifications or like everyone mm. makes a play in so something like that. Something that we had in the last few uh, like a few years ago, where like where it's just uh, there's a lot more openness to who qualifies for play-ins or, or playoffs or whatever. Mm. Um, but but the people didn't like that because the schedules were so uh, were so optimized that like you didn't have to have like eight teams in playoffs. It would have been fine to have just four or something because uh, teams had like more or less equal schedules and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just I think folks also dislike how meaningless the regular season schedule felt or regular season then felt, right? Yeah, but like if if the regular season feels meaningless, then you just do more tournaments. Yeah, like maybe there's just, a reason why it feels meaningless, and you get rid of it. Yeah, like look at Call of Duty. Like what they're doing is they they have like a few matches, and then they have a tournament, and they have six of these in a year. Like, so it's just I, like hyper I get, stages. I get that there's like cost issues, but like sure. you can have online tournaments if you really need to. Like we don't have to have a long regular season. And this regular season isn't even long. It's just full of breaks. Yeah, it's it's not even a long season. It's just breaks. You said seventeen weeks, on right? If you don't qualify for anything, seventeen weeks of breaks. That's a whole lot of doing nothing. Just to compare, in twenty twenty two, we so in twenty twenty three again we have twenty nine weeks of play. And 17 weeks of these are breaks. In 2022, we only had 27 weeks of play, so two weeks less, mm-hmm. but only 12 of them were breaks. So we had 15 weeks of play and 12 weeks of breaks if you didn't qualify for anything in 2022. And in 2022, you could qualify for stuff way easier than in mm-hmm. 23. So uh, while that applied to like only 15% of the teams in 2022 it applies to more than half of the teams in 23 um where it's just like 
again, there's the cost issues and stuff that influences what what we can do. But it's just from a competitive standpoint and from like our perspective, it's just really disheartening. It was sure. really disheartening going into this season, and uh, yeah, and I think the if 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 this was a bigger sport and if people uh, still cared about it and people people would be upset about how this whole thing is being run um but no one really cares anymore so you know it's all good one one thing it is I, what it is one thing i wonder and i might even be on the side of defending that is i'm not sure how bad a lot of breaks are because if you look at back to that's that's actually the, the apex model Right, like in a lot of ways that you in have way, way yeah. more time to prepare. Um, I it it's just not in an attractive way. I would say. Um, no, the, where... the thing with breaks, yeah, the thing with breaks is it might make games more competitive. But from like a viewer perspective, like you're yeah. a fan of a team and you see your team like less than half of the year, yeah, yeah. like less of half of the season that is also only half of the year. Yeah. Like, like of course you just get. Like what are you gonna do? You're yeah. not gonna follow like the there's no not enough content for your team to even follow it like throughout the year. It's just you you just get turned away so easily by it. Yeah, it's super hard to create any sort of habit. Like not only is your mm-hmm. time, place, day not set in stone, and that's probably true for most esports. But now it's not even week, right? Like that's that's a really rough one. Um, that to yeah. and to optimize for that, I think like if it was more, it felt more sprinty, and you were pointing towards like a goal. I feel like the 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 season halves can just because they are so lacking in focus and what to play for. It's it doesn't create that desirable of an outcome. Like med season was nice, but yeah, if it had more tournaments, it it just would have nicer breathers and natural. Uh, high points and actually like the tournaments in my opinion throughout overwatch league history was one of the nicest format introductions right like it, um as yeah. much as i am european pilled in terms of the the league structure and whatnot the tournaments were like a nice uh, addition to the regular season schedule stuff right like they yeah. said natural high points um i agree like 40 games was way too many i i'm still sure. like on the on the boat that we could have probably done 24 games then again like the additional cost of broadcasting and whatnot i i'm just not sure how much more that really generates given that a lot of your folks are already like on salaries and whatnot i, I guess their day rates involved sure yeah it's, it's yeah, really no, hard to say. I, i'm pretty sure cost like the cost was one of the main issues for this format and uh, for a lot of the reasons that decisions were made so uh in that sense i i get I get some of the decisions, but um, but others I don't, uh, and they're unacceptable. But even even with cost being a factor, you could have a different format that is uh, more exciting. I think, like we could have a Call of Duty-ish format that's mainly online. Uh, it's possible. It's just yeah. something that uh, was to... either not really considered or is something that they don't want to do because it's not. It's not. It doesn't fit this game or whatever it is. I don't know. My my fear is that this 
big patch that's coming in is so significant that we'd completely thrown thrown this uh season through the Mickey Mouse pit because like Atlanta is only the fifth best team in the world suddenly and like I don't sure. know NYXL is top three or some shit like this. Just because of of the new hero coming in, probably like a, a couple of tank nerfs, Sunway in Sigma meta or whatever, like the flashpoints, like replaces a control map, therefore control uh, uh, teams are naturally nerfed, and it it changes the entire dynamic of how this game is played, right? And we right. haven't even talked about like what the uh, support hero could do, right? Like all of this is, I I think yeah. okay, to the defense of like the league, and I think this is all right. Because the at least we have um, we have like three se- three weeks to prepare mm-hmm. on this new patch, and then we have two weeks of regular season, and then we go into plans. So there's like a lot of time to get adapted to it, mm-hmm. and maybe it won't reflect exactly the overall standings of the entire year. But I think in terms of um, of excitement and in terms of uh, in terms of like viewership value i think this is uh, this is okay yeah. uh, and it doesn't it doesn't eat into competitive integrity too much to yeah. be honest here's the steel man no here's the diamond man reading <laughs> of this okay they scheduled in a way as to predict the most likely outcomes where the crunch matches are on the edges scheduled those behind the new patch wall and those two matches that I think everyone plays after the patch is so, like what's the most likely to determine like who makes it in and who doesn't. Therefore, acting as a good filter as to who should make it into these knockout stages because we want the best teams in in knockouts. That would be you know the the five head diamond. That would be sick yeah. if that actually was a consideration. Someone should just spill the beans. Like what the what's the uh, there's no way, man. Like I, I just <laughs> from what I can see, from what I can see, how the league like went about this and mm-hmm. how how Blizzard works in general. There's no way this has been part of the consideration, like at all. Okay, just just nah. Like the, you have to realize that this is a big company, and there's like this yeah. one guy who creates like, who creates like the teams you play against, and then maybe there's another guy, or it's the same who like is like, oh, you should play against them here and here and here, and these people, like that, you don't you don't account for them also being like really like involved with actually watching the league. Mm. They're just there to do their job. They're just there for making that schedule, and then Sean Miller, whoever says, "Okay, I trust what you're doing," uh, and that's good to me. And that's it. I, I don't. I don't think there's like too much yeah. thought behind all of this. It's a big company, so you can can't really you can't really accept uh, expect like high. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it, but what? like very innovative approaches to things, because like that's just how big companies are. Look, if mm-hmm. you're that guy and you're involved, or if you're any guy at the league, slip into my DMs. If you have like, if you're actually this five head brain that actually planned for this, I I I agree that it's a stark steel man. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd be interested like what what the optimization factors are. Of course, like it has to be like, um, you know, money. It has to be like, what what kind of things do the owners say? Sometimes, like for instance, last year we had like a, a weird 
schedule because some teams had some sponsorship agreements. Therefore, they couldn't do X, Y, Z on those dates. And that changed some stuff around. Like sometimes there are weird things to optimize. So I want to leave room. But that room is all, would also be super nice to be filled because I think one of the bigger issues of this is the lack of transparency about all of this. And I feel like the there, there is this diminishing or the, there is this resistance to being transparent because in the start it will hurt like a motherfucker, dude, to mm -hmm. be transparent, I, I think especially okay. when you're doing bad, right? Yeah. I think it's okay to not be transparent. But the thing is, like, like the thing is that If you think about every team, if if we do if we do poorly, like if the Vancouver Titans went 0-12 this year again, like I would have been called out for that. Asker sure. would have been called out for that. Yeah. People would have been after us. If the league does poorly, like, John like do you see anyone? Do you see anyone yeah. like actually being called out by people? No, like the most the most of the public doesn't care. There's only really Sean Miller mm -hmm. that you even see. And like, they, they, there's not much accountability there. Like, they've been done, not doing great in terms of a lot of things this year, and uh, they're just there's just not really accountability from from them internally or from the mm -hmm. public. So uh, we don't really see much changes, and uh, like a lot of people are. Uh, buying out of this industry anyway. I mean, you just saw a tweet of packing leaving to chess.com. That happened a few weeks ago, by the way. It, it's not something that just happened now. Mm. Um, I think his decision was made before there was any announcement of um, of uh, of this final vote happening at the end of the year. It mm. just people like slowly drift away from this. Like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be in this position if uh, if I wasn't asked to like to join the team for some reasons like i was trying to get out it's just there's just so many things about uh the overwatch league that people don't like in some way or another and that's mm. why like big figures have been leaving this particular esport from day one okay yeah. The void of the system that Blizzard creates. Do you believe in the product that this is this is esport could be? You mean the game itself? The game itself, yes. I think uh, to a minor degree, the, this this there's some validity just because this is a very unique game. If you think about it, it's just a very fast-paced first shooter. Like in terms of that, I I do, but in terms of Uh, viewability and like hype moments it's always been something that has always stricken me as uh it's really hard to make this work like it's really hard to like observe the game it's mm -hmm. really hard to see star players like yes I, for example faith on the vancouver titans like right now he's being touted as like one of the best main supports He was for the last three years, man. Yeah. Like he was that guy. He was just in Boston, and like people don't see that. And I, I get it. Like, how do you see that? How do you validate it if you don't have like uh, any? Like, it's really hard visually to see. It's really sure. hard statistically to see. Mm. From from what I could determine, he was like one of the best main supports the last uh, the last three years, and. Um, 
yeah, now because we win more, people are like, oh, look at this guy. It's just in terms of just there's so many aspects of this uh, game that are hard to that are very complicated and complex that it's really hard to make it work as a high view like high viewership esport uh, and with like a lot of uh, a lot of hype behind it. If it makes it a lot easier to go from six v six to five v five, just to reduce uh, visual clutter and all of that, but sure. it's still it's still pretty hard. And I think there will always be like some dedicated fan base. But you have that in Rocket League, and you have that in uh, you have that in any esports you go. I, there would there's mm-hmm. a scene, or there was a scene that I was aware of. There was Dark Souls two esports. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's dedicated there's dedicated people for everything. Yeah. Uh, but will it be a mainstream thing that should be on Disney? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's okay. Maybe we don't need to be. Maybe, on maybe okay. we don't need to be on TV. You know, I feel like if anything, that's probably for the, the betterment of the product, right? Yeah. Like, if you think about like Overwatch esports in general, like if the Overwatch League, if this is the last year, uh, and probably likely is, uh, if you just think about team sentiment, sure, and owner sentiment, just. Like even like I think there's a chance that most that a majority of North American teams would want to continue. I think there's a chance for it. I don't I don't know how big the chance is, but you have to take into account the Chinese teams. Oh yeah, the the, the Korean teams, um, mainly the Chinese teams, um, and then maybe the chances for the vote going positive are not that good. Right. Uh, but yeah, like in general, if you think about Overwatch esports, if it all like, if it all kind of collapses, in a way, I think it might be good for just the esports itself. Like, I think whatever comes after, formats will probably be more fair. Yeah. Like, uh, interesting. Teams teams would actually would not lose as much money as they do. It really sucks for any player, any GM, any coach because like we won't. We won't get enough money to survive, probably. But um, in terms of just the game itself, there's probably some positives that mm-hmm. you can find if, if it all collapses. Do you think like there is something to be said in how the game can be framed or broadcasted? Like, I feel like, okay, there's definitely a higher level of subjectivity in this game. I think you are you hit the nail on the head that it's super hard to see who is a great player. There's also such like there's such a wide range of opinions of who should be a role star and whatnot. Like yep. it feels yeah. like everyone can like justifiably claim, at least in the public's eyes, like every, anyone from one to ten on on the flex CPS role can now be you know nominated as a, a flex support. The only really differing factor is any if anyone has a, a PR campaign at this point, right? Yep. Like. And I I feel like yes that's an inherent feature of Overwatch. But do you think like there's something that could be improved about like how we talk about this game? Do you think there's more consensus than in the public among let's say coaches or uh, like you know general managers on who is actually good and why? I think generally I would I would hope that coaches and general managers have better. I have a better grasp on this than the public because that's their job. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that the public is probably uh, not as good at 
right. this than others. But the yeah, I, um, I, let me let me quickly rephrase because what I said sounds very obvious. I just feel like because of the subjectivity in Overwatch, like I I had the yeah. the coaches panel right. I feel like these guys couldn't come together on, on one topic, nope. a singular topic at whatsoever, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, and a certain amount of subjectivity is given. Is is simple the goat? You know, what about like the vice or whatever? Even though I think most le- people land on uh, on simple now. We like dudes couldn't believe how high proper was last year, even though every coach is telling me he's fucking Jesus, right? Like Overwatch yeah. Jesus, LeBron James just coming in and it it didn't really hit the viewer and because the only way by which we can direct public attention is to form these narratives and that narrative just overstayed its welcome a little bit too long even though while everyone inside the league was still pogging still like frustrated in scrims because this kid was just like pounding your favorite dps player into the ground it became boring also maybe because it wasn't as obvious right but it still feels like when I, I'm not sure if if everyone in the league would tell me Faith is one of the best, uh, like main supports. If I asked everyone, right? I'm not sure if like you, you know the the shock obviously in some way disagreed with Isang, even though there's something to be said about like uh, yeah. different players playing uh, working in different sure. systems. But like the the evaluation, like folks had Isang like from the worst player to the second best player uh, on the shock, right? Yeah. Do you think that yeah. because there are so many ways in Overwatch to win, that's a, also an obstacle to to like how we can present this game and like phrase who's good and who's not? It, like, yeah, it is very difficult. It is so difficult to because this game is so complicated and complex that like any single decision can make or break a team fight or uh, even a map win. That like, and you don't know who. Who's this? Because everyone makes a decision. There's ten people in a game mm-hmm. making decisions at any moment. You don't know like which decision impacts which other decision, and like what what the actual effect is for anything. It's so much easier if you watch CS:GO and there's some guys hitting a headshot. You know, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 really difficult, and I think the uh, well, the only way that I can see to make to even improve this is in, in any ways to uh, like have some more uh, high value statistics that kind of represent how good you are in uh, your role or even on a singular singular hero and um, it is a very hard job to do even statistically but it's it's doable and that's that's a lot of what I base my work on and uh, honestly I don't think we can expect the league to to do that for the viewer because it's such a such a hard job because, yeah. uh, IBM tried right? pro- IBM tried they had a ranking if you held oh, the ranking to... next to teamfight win rate it was basically mirrored in the placement <sighs> yes yes yeah. the ranking was complete complete shit like yeah I mean I have a ranking I think it's pretty good <laughs> how how, uh, how close do you think it is to actually like representing reality in comparison to something like, you know, HLTV rankings or something like this? Um, I mean, how close to reality? I don't know. I mean, let me, let me throw I this think, at I think you. It's, it's probably the best way. Like, yeah. I, I think 
it has it is the best way to evaluate players uh, that I can think of. And uh, aside from uh, the fact that it doesn't take into account um, personality and sure. personality types and what effect that has on everyone else, but in, term, in terms of in-game skill mm. and uh, like representing value of people, I think that what I have is uh, pretty accurate. And uh, it's probably better than anything out there or like even like a, even a lot of expert opinions out there. Yeah. Because I mean I mean look at the team. They're doing all right. I think that no one expected us to do this well. Uh and it just it doesn't come out of nowhere. Statistics yeah. were a part of why we recruited these guys. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not all of it, but it's part of it. It's part it had of some it. influence, right? And I mean like yeah. you want to talk about like the, the player ranking. A little bit, at least some to some degree, because I feel like it's like a sector that not a lot of people are, are are trying to, you know, pull from. And, you know, as I think teams get better and better at building um, their rosters, I think across esports. Uh, uh, yeah, by the way, also just look at yeah. the Florida Mayhem. Like Gunver, I don't know if he still does, but like back, back then, mm-hmm. uh, he was hugely into statistics. Gunver uh, Vision, and- right? And I think that he probably still uses it to some degree, um, but maybe not. But if he does, then the Florida Mayhem so, are also yeah. another. Sorry? I think less so. Yeah, probably less so, uh, because he has other stuff to focus on. And maybe he, he's just really good at scouting people now by himself with just his eyes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I I think it's it's a part of it, and it's hard to it's hard to showcase, and it's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to have anyone who's like actually good at creating meaningful statistics. Look. So uh, because the game is so complicated and so difficult, and yeah, the the thing is unlucky. like with your stats, and it's very topical once again. I don't know if you remember this, but I I coined you the Oppenheimer of uh, Overwatch statistics just because like you <laughs> unleashed the t- statistics, and then they went like. Ah yes, this guy's kill per ten is very high. Therefore, he's very good. You know, and like oh my god, yeah. The, the interpret- <laughs> that's another problem with statistics in this game. I feel like there are some very good statistics that you can use and, yeah. and have a way higher yes. approximation rate of if someone is good or not. But those are seemingly never the ones discussed, right? Like nope. it's mostly no. about like how much damage, how much total kills in all seasons or shit like this. Instead of looking at stuff like <laughs> first kills, first death, you know, like, yes. Yeah, even like the kill position, I feel like that was something that I think happened later in like Winston's lab, like yeah. updates going into like 2018. That was like super interesting. But I don't know if you've you've caught any of the broadcasts, but what they're doing now is they're trying to like show the a damage car. Yeah, the that active... is the most ridiculous thing. I've, <laughs> I've 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 looked at this a couple times. I'm like, first the first time I saw it, I was it said. Damage over the last thirty seconds. Yes. Dude, like, do you know how long um, a team fight is? It's like by the time the thirty seconds have caught up to the team fight ending, a new team fight has already started. Man, it's yep. so it's, it just doesn't matter. And then, uh, and then it, they cut it down to like fifteen seconds, which is still way too long, because like by the time the team fight 
teamfight ended, it will show the other team that lost the teamfight did more damage. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, like, like you test it out and you see it doesn't work and then you scrap it. But like they're still using it because they put time and resources into like putting it on, on the screen. Yep. Uh, and it and just it it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't follow like even like what you're seeing in the game where it's just like, okay, well the red team's winning, but the bar at the top says the blue yeah. team's doing more damage. So what? Yeah. It, it it only serves to confuse the audience more <laughs> when it should be kind of like a fun little stat, but it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Two okay, okay. One 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 thing. To be sure. fair to them, I I have a lot of respect for them trying. Because sure, I agree. It's, like, it's an attempt. I think I think you have to try. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think it was it was an idea. It's an idea, but when you have yeah, an actual website idea. that defines what a team fight is and what it what it says and what it means and how you long could, it you goes, could have, you could have asked the person who knows yeah. most about statistics. You could have asked players. You didn't. Sure. You didn't. So it was definitely not a good try. But you tried. <laughs> you know, like I. I get, I get you. I give you I, that. I, I, I got to steal, man, once again. Do you think like they didn't look at like, okay, let's see the p-value of someone having more damage throughout, you know, X point in time in the team fight and therefore determined, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. I, I assume someone did this also, like intro- reintroducing <laughs> yeah, yeah. their own fire mechanic and stuff like this, right? Yeah, they were, they were probably like, oh, if you do more damage, you win more games. So it should be a very important statistic. So it's like, yeah, let's use that. But like, but like, of course. <laughs> like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. If you if you win games, you die less, more win damage. more. Like, yeah. yeah, kill more people, win more games. Yeah, that's those are all yeah. correlated. That's true. The problem the problem with this game statistically is that there's so many factors and they're all like entangled. Yeah. And that if you want to actually have meaningful statistics, it takes a lot of work. Uh, and yeah. where I got with my models now, it took a lot of work to get there, and I don't expect that the league or anyone else will like catch up to that anytime soon. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm like, I give them credit for trying. I like honestly, uh, sure. You have to represent the game flow somehow to make it easier to watch, and I was a legit try, and you could have definitely asked people that are in the industry but well you try <laughs> the as the as we as we send off the statistics with a disappointed you know uh, approval clap um and we kind of round out the show uh you've got you know what four more matches coming up week yeah. four starting with vegas ending with shock kind of talk to me a little bit there is that a easy 2-0 obviously vegas is a little bit of a gimme at this point um but are we concerned at all with shock you know maybe get a little he's saying revenge i wouldn't say concerned i think um i think generally we can probably beat almost like almost every team right now Mm. if not every team Uh, i think we're pretty confident in in our guys uh and the guys are pretty confident in themselves it's just shock is always a toughie because they always like like they always manage to get this like extra one percent mm-hmm. out of nowhere, uh, and I mean look at their look at their standings right now. We are six and six. They are six and six. We are <laughs> we are at a plus five map differential because when we win, we win hard. Yes. Shock also six and six in matches. They had minus six map differential. Yeah. They 
when they lose, they lose. And when they win, they just barely like edge it Squeak off. Squeak it, yeah. yeah. Like five, five uh, map fives, I think. Yep. But they do edge it out though. Yeah. Like they they are good at that. So if if it's a close match, then it's gonna, scary, uh, right? it's gonna be very close against them. Yeah. So I think similar to Washington Gladiators, uh, I think if we if we win map one, very good chance we go three and zero. Mm. Uh, if we don't win map one, it's it might get close again. But it's going to the deep um, water. We'll see. I forgot what our maps are. Uh, let me let me check real quick. Yeah, we'll see. Let's see. I think I think we have a very good chance to win this one. Are you looking forward to getting back the loss versus Toronto in week five? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh I think we were all disappointed that, that right. we lost that one. And I think we we should have won it and there were a lot of factors and uh well maybe I haven't seen I think Toronto didn't even play last week or they did and I didn't watch. But um I don't think they should be on our level. I don't think they are. So I don't, I, I don't think they particularly were in week one. I think you just yeah. you know a day at the yeah. office. Eric, can you yeah, check exactly. real quick if if uh, Toronto's last game is the Titans? No, their no, last game not. is Washington. Okay, yeah. but uh, I mean, depending on how the rest of their stage goes, maybe <laughs> you're the one that kills their playing chances. You know, that's it's not impossible. Possibility, where, yeah. Where are they now? They are, oh, they are five and seven. Five, yeah, and they play the... Washington twice. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Last question for you on that front. We have four teams, like you mentioned previously the yeah. New York Excelsior, the Toronto Defiant, the Washington Justice, and the Gladiators, all vying for not bottom three, right? <laughs> yeah. Of those four teams, who's most likely to make it out of the circle of suck and who's most likely to just suck? I think right now, uh, okay, again, I should watch Toronto more, but I, I actually think that New York and Toronto probably have the biggest chance to get out of that circle, just with okay. how momentum is and yeah. Uh, and yeah, how the teams are doing. Um, I think Washington Gladiators probably have a hard time. I can see I, I feel like Washington might have a better chance than the Gladiators which is crazy to think mm. but then again Gladiators shouldn't really lose against New York should they they shouldn't but will they <laughs> yeah I don't That's know Damn. Gladiators are also at minus 9 maps that's crazy yeah. they're pretty bad it's not looking good they're losing to the, the Rhine team you know I okay. London, I think anyone could lose against London. I mean, right now, so. I I don't hate that, but like, <laughs> come on, we're playing like we're, everybody's still doing the whole let's let's just play monkey on circuit. Like, uh, honestly, I don't know, man. London, if we play London in the play-ins, uh, I'd get scared. Like, too. I think it's a scary stylistic matchup, but when you're looking at this team on paper and it's like hitter, sure. hitter, 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 and you're sure, losing yeah. to the Rhine one trick team, it's like, all right, come on, guys. Like, something, something just ain't right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they have to turn it around. Well, the thing is that with all these teams, we have like the last two matches in one month. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's wild to go because it's we really- have a lot of breaks this season. 
Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go spend some time in Mexico. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I I think it's gonna be very interesting this last this for who's gonna be so. not in the play-ins. That is the the race at the race to the bottom is uh is very hot and it's uh four it's three teams that I think we all maybe well two teams we would expect and then two teams that I don't think anybody would have probably put yeah uh, down in the bottom five right it's yeah. uh, a little surprising to say the least um I do want to you know give you a, a little bit of a platform to you know give a shout out to anything if you you're excited maybe you know. Say fuck it, uh, I'm going to Mexico. See y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually just big shout out to our players. Uh I mm. think everyone everyone really pulled together this season. Um the the reason why we're doing this well is because all of these guys deserve it. And uh I'm glad they are showing it and I hope that we can show a lot more in the last two months of this season. Um I I think we have a lot of potential to do great. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really thankful for having all of them on the team. And yeah, just big shout out to them. This is the best season this franchise has had since 2019. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and I hope they get rewarded in some way, financially or publicly or whatever it is, uh, because they're good guys. And similarly. Obviously, shout out to our fans uh, for still being here. I don't know if I would be a Titans fan after these last three years, but, um, but yeah, glad glad to have them and uh, glad to show them a nice last nice send off, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How wholesome, Iska? You got anything coming up? Uh, not really. I'm I'm like getting a taste of what the good life in esports is like. Um, you know, like what does uh, that mean? You know other esports. Ah, uh, okay. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm at uh, I am Cologne next weekend, and then the oh, week okay. after I'm at uh, Rocket League, which is in my hometown. Coincidentally, I think even Lemon Kiwi is casting that. I, I, I saw wow. her post pictures yep. of like streets I recognized. Coincidentally, uh-huh. very close to where you once bought your kimchi, bro. Um, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, doing doing that type of stuff. But of Very course, good. next year, next week, looking forward to hopefully getting a couple more interviews. Got, uh, you know, I, I I felt like a banger with Krusty. That was a bit fun one. So yeah, say. looking forward to doing more of those. You know. Yes, stay tuned to the GG Recon YouTube channel. Maybe if I can sell you a skin of video team, maybe we can get a blunders of all time for Overwatch. There's quite a few of them. They won't. They aren't all C9s. I'll, I'll have you know. As I'm researching, they're not all just people leaving the payload and choosing to lose. But as we flip our, our, our own proverbial barons um, and we just uh, leave the base open, uh, that is episode 308. Thank you again, Broy, for coming in and chatting for a little bit about uh, the state the health of the league and uh, the overall health of the Titans. And we send you the best of luck going into the playoffs. But until next week, we will see you. Adios. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Peace.